It's Flickers After Dark. Monica. Matt. This is the place for cool things that just didn't fit into the episodes for the week. But are kind of, sort of related if you squint your eyes and listen really, really closely. Monica, what is the biggest thing you've accomplished in a really short amount of time? Ooh, that's a great question. Biggest thing I've accomplished in a really short amount of time. Oh, I've got it. It was my last week of college. How much of a story you want? You want a story? I got a story. Okay, cool. It was my last week of college. I had three exams. I think two were sit-down exams and two were essays. Or one was an essay, that two essays that were due for the same class. They were due like... Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and then I had to be moved out of my house on Friday, and I went to school in Santa Cruz, and I ended up getting a job interview in LA on Wednesday in the middle of the week. So I ended up having to call all my professors on Sunday night, asking them if I could move my exams forward. All of them said yes, but only if you do them tomorrow, and I'm like, fine, I'll do it. (laughs) So I had to write two essays on Sunday night, go in, do two exams, start packing, do interview prep, and then Wednesday morning I flew down to LA, did an interview, and then flew back, finished packing on Thursday, and walked to the stage and moved out Friday. That is insanity. (laughs) Yeah. That is straight insanity. When you say something for a short period of time, that is the first thing that comes to mind. One of, the, one of the most challenging things I've done is I participated in what is called the RPM challenge and the RPM challenge. It already sounds fast. Just yes. By the I, name. RPM, you know, <laughs> and the RPM challenge is that you in the month of February, the shortest month of the year, 28 days, maybe 29. If you go into the challenge in the right year, which <laughs> I did not, <laughs> I went in the year though with only 28 days and you write either 10 songs or 30 minutes of music. And so in a month's time, 28 days, I wrote an entire album. That's a lot. Yes. I, yeah. It was a ton. I did not sing on it. I just wrote the music and had other people sing it. And I played it for friends. And of the 10 tracks, the one that they like the best is the one that I'm about to play for you and all our listeners. Wow. How privileged we are. That wasn't sarcasm. I'm excited. We'll see how you feel about that oh, after you hear the shark. You were dead, bad. Then you left. I was stressed. Took the way my heart stings. Stings. Bitter root. Obviously, you make plans. We're not dads. Dads. But I'm late. Climate. Crack the seam. Stop it. Stream. Stream. What's all this mean? So Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> the vocals were really quiet. I can honestly say I don't think I caught a word. You know, I'm not. It was only 28 days, and I'm not much of a producer. So. <laughs> fair, fair, fair cop, fair cop. <laughs> and I never went back to it. So. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need the lyrics written <laughs> yes. down for me, if you don't mind. Maybe you could provide them to our listeners. Yes. Ooh. So that was the vocalist was Luke T. Harrington who is actually a friend of mine and author. He actually wrote this book, this horror novel called Affiliate Alive. So if you're in a mood for that, definitely check that out. That was the best I could come up with in 28 days. That's just one example of a song that was the best quality song. So you, you can judge for yourself. 
does not affect me either way if you don't like it or like it, listeners or Monica. Because <laughs> I'm like, I accomplished the feat. I was excited about that. NPR, they issued a similar challenge to Ryan Lott to write an album in February. And they documented, well, he documented his journey in writing these songs. They approached him, they asked him to do it, and he was thinking, there's no way I can do this. And then he told NPR, quote, I slept on it, and I told a couple of people about it, one of whom was my manager, Michael. He was like, oh, dude, you have to do this, end quote. And so he did, even though he was super busy with so so many other projects at the time. Um, So you might recall how in the prayer episode, one of the prayer episodes, that Damon Ham talked about the song, All the Right Things. So here is audio from a video of how he constructed the song during this month of February. Now, if I do finish in time, uh, it's going to be because I've had a lot of people helping me. Uh, here's a little scene from a hotel room in New Orleans where uh, a couple good friends of mine, Nathan Johnson and Katie Chastain, um, together they are faux fix. Um, they're working on recording some vocals for me. <laughs> here's Katie. Katie's one of my favorite singers. Um, her voice is absolutely crazy. So here's a little sneak peek into, uh, I guess you could call it a chorus to one of the tracks. Uh, they're down in New Orleans working on a f- uh, feature film called Looper. Uh, Nathan's a composer, and he and I work together a lot on things, including um, co-producing uh, Fofix, uh, the debut recording they're making together. So here's that same track. Um, I've got... Katie's vocals she sent me from the hotel room in New Orleans and um, and then I also have David Stith DM Stith singing um, he recorded himself from his uh, home studio studio in uh, Rochester this one was definitely a group effort here they are together Flutes, clarinets, trio of alto saxes. It's not your fault. No, it doesn't have to be. It's not your fault. No, it doesn't have to be. Lots of tracks. So one of the things I love to do with uh, other musicians is, um, you know, give them very specific parts to play, but also give them like little challenges, little musical problems they have to solve. But then I also give them like total liberty to bring their own ideas entirely to it. Check this out. That's David singing in the background. So cool, totally not my idea, um, just something he, he did instinctively that um, 
is like one of my favorite things about the whole track now. So cool. And that's the thrilling part for me is uh, when people bring their own soul to a project. Um, where my intention, I guess, intersects with their spontaneous reactions and um, yeah, it's totally thrilling. Super fun. Alright, I gotta get I gotta get to work. So super cool how he constructed that and had people in hotel rooms recording vocals and how he gave the vocalist liberty to add in their own flourishes and touches. Yeah, I mean, I bet I bet the album is something so distinct from all his other stuff because I'm I'm a big fan of of limitations often force you to create something better than you would have produced without them. And I bet this album is a great example of that. When you're in this line of ride, it's going to be challenging to come up with so much material in a short amount of time. And one of those challenges he had was on the song Flowers. And the reason why he had such a difficult time with it, as he told NPR, quote, there's a panic moment with, ironically, what was the simplest song, which was Flowers. I sort of dreaded working on it every time. I love it, and I think it's beautiful, but it just feels so sad. I got to the very last day, which was just supposed to be about polishing up mixes, and I pulled up this track and thought it was finally time to deal with it. And I realized the only vocal I had recorded for it was a scratch vocal. But I looped it. What printed was a comp of the first two takes. So in the end, there was no need to worry, but maybe some of that worry and stress found its way into the tape. With, with Flowers, the challenge was not necessarily the music, but just the getting into the emotional space that he was need to be in to deliver that authentic vocal performance. I'm kind of interested to hear what the final product is, knowing that it's such a photo finish. I mean, yeah. the, I so, think the album in its whole self could be described as a photo finish given yes. his time constraints, <laughs> but this one especially so. Yeah. And I, I think before we, we get to the final, we can listen to some of the sketches of what it sounded like. Yeah, and then the third one, there's little just kind of subtle kind of bell tones in the background that he added in.
So the second one sounded like a lot more dimensional. Yeah, and then the third one, there's little just kind of subtle kind of bell tones in the background that he added in. I think it added just a lot of dimension every addition. Like it went from being very, I don't want to call it flat, but very, um, it is as it's presented. And then by the third one, there's a lot more complexity. Yes. And then this is where where it ended up at. rushed on a song like this where the vocals just take their time yeah must have been difficult (laughs) that's a really interesting juxtaposition between i'm sure where his headspace was at when he was producing it from how it ended up because it definitely it feels the opposite of rushed yes exactly but it did end up your song sounded rushed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it probably so- was You sounded like you were running out of time <laughs> Yes <laughs> I was But it ended all on a positive note Because he was able to finish it In 28 days, the entire album And so here he is on his final day Just talking about the final touches That he had on the album uh, Super tired But not really looking forward to this being over Because it's been so much fun uh, I had a great weekend Had people shooting me uh, files uh, from their studios from Nashville, Savannah, and uh, Brooklyn. So uh, here's some some clips. So this is a little video from Savannah, Georgia, where my good friend and colleague Judson Crane is uh, recording some Celeste for me. The Celeste is a super cool uh, keyboard instrument that was invented in the late 1800s. And um, Part of the finishing touches on the record is uh, recording um, some some of this some stuff like this, uh, replacing some some things that I had had as uh, placekeepers and and uh, recording them uh, with the real thing. And here we are. I think this was probably Saturday night in Brooklyn at uh, Phase Four Studios, where Ryan Fitch is laying down drums. Uh, he's built this really cool hybrid electric acoustic kit for this uh, for this track. It sounds fantastic. All right, so back to it. I got the last two tracks to wrap today. Um, just working out some vocal stuff on them. Um, uh, for one of them, I got some really cool background vocals uh, from a new friend of mine in Nashville, and. Uh, and then um, 
yeah, as long as I have, I've been mixing along the way, so as long as I have some really good rough mixes to to, to live with for a minute, um, I'll be good to go. Um, got a couple things to do for my day job, um, which will uh, make it probably a late night for me, but uh, I can do it. Wish me luck. Maybe since you're the musician between us, for context, for the listeners who may not be as familiar with the musical process, what's a more typical timeline for producing an album? If you're having all these different instrumental parts, and that's it's not a month. A <laughs> short month. Yeah, not the shortest month of the year. It's it it's a lot longer than that, especially if you're getting actual instruments that you're recording. I'm sure some are three months. I'm sure some are nine. But yeah. Like, ball, ball, ballpark us. Give us like oh, just a gosh. point of reference for how impressive this is. Probably at least six months. Wow. At, okay. at minimum. Yeah. But if you're just like creating like purely like electronic music and you're not involving any ins- like actual acoustic instruments. But he did do that. Yeah. But he did do that. <laughs> and then he like took it and then like jacked up those sounds. And so he's doing like all the elements, the acoustic and the electronic and yeah, that's it's quite a feat and much better than what I produced. What was what was what was the name of this album? We are rising. We are rising. So yeah. that's the album that came out of this twenty-eight day exercise. Yes. Wow. Next week we'll explore light. Subscribe, help boost the podcast by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Tell everyone and anyone you know who's a Sun Lux fan, or even those who aren't quite yet. This episode was produced and edited by me, Matt Lender. <laughs>